we've been in this collection called Who Is This God? And it's a conversation on the person, yes, the person of the Holy Spirit. Because for some of us, maybe the way uh, we were brought up or just our understanding, uh, the Holy Spirit has kind of been this weird thing, right? It's been like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. And we're going to dismiss the Holy Spirit because we don't get that, right? Or it's, you know, there's a crowd that it's Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit. That's it. And, and we dismiss everything else. But over the last couple of weeks, we've been trying to bring an understanding to who the Holy Spirit is. That he's not an it. He's not a, a force. He's not an influence. But he's a person. And to say that he's a person is not to say that he's human, but rather that he has traits uh, that would make up a personality. So uh, the Holy Spirit has a, a mind. The Holy Spirit has a, a will, has emotions. The Holy Spirit can be grieved, right? All things that you and I uh, deal with and feel and express at times. So it's not to say he's human, but rather uh, he has uh, attributes of a person. And last week, uh, we talked about the difference that the Holy Spirit makes in our lives. So he produces the fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And it was important for us to understand the fruit of the Spirit because so often we lock ourselves into a personality. Well, this is just the way I am. What you see is what you get. I'm from the hood, so the hood is what you're going to get. That ain't my story, so you just want to deal with what you got. I'm a one on the Enneagram, so I get to be this way. I'm an eight. I'm a seven, so I ain't got to really get nothing in order. Like, whatever. That's not how that works. You don't get locked into a personality. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is beyond a personality. And if we're connected to him, then we're going to bear fruit from that connection. And so today, as we continue to discover who is this God, we're going to do so talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Yes, we're going to go there this morning, the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, to help us lead us, to help lead us off in this conversation, we're going to be coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. So if you've got a copy of God's Word, you can flip with me there, turn with me there, um, or you can scroll along with me there on your iPad, or you can check it out right here on the screen behind me. Uh, but it says this, 1, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul talking. He's talking to the church in Corinth. He says, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now teach, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. 
and to still uh, instill to another the interpretation of tongues. And then verse 11, all these are the work of one in the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Come on, would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. God, thank you for these moments that we share. And Father, I pray over these next few moments, God, as we gather around your word, I pray that you incline our ears, allow us to hear what it is that you're speaking to us. God, allow us to see what it is that you're showing us. And Lord, we're your servants, and we say this, speak, Lord, because we're listening. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Come on, come on. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Family, do you have uh, that one gift? Uh, that comes to mind whenever you're asked the question, or maybe just hypothetically, if you're ever asked the question, what is the best gift that you have ever received? Or, or what is the most memorable gift you have ever received? And maybe you have that gift that is coming to mind right now. And I don't know if this gift was necessarily the best gift that I've ever received, but it was definitely memorable because of the experience. So growing up, um, there was one period of time, both of my parents served in the military, and they were both um, away in a, um, what you call it, a conflict. There we go. We'll call it a conflict. Because I was in Montgomery, Alabama, and with my uh, grandmother and cousins, and we got a big old family. So I was staying there uh, with all of them, basically. I don't think I stayed at the same house <laughs> consecutive nights. But anyway... I mean, we was a family. My mom has 14 siblings, and so it's kind of like, you know, just go to sleep somewhere, boy, and don't get in no trouble. But I didn't have my bike because all that stuff was in Germany. And so I didn't have, you know, my bike and all that stuff. And I'm going to be honest, I was actually just starting to learn how to ride a bike. I'm just going to keep it real. I was about maybe seven, and I was just starting to learn how to ride a bike anyway, then had to fly from, from Germany here or there to Montgomery. And so all my cousins, they hop on their bikes. And one day I was in the car with my aunt and we're going to my grandmother's house and we go past a, a yard sale and there's this bike out there. I still remember it. It was a Huffy and it was gray and it had a white seat. Like I still remember it. And she pulled over. They, were, they only wanted $5. And so for $5, I got me a new bike and we put the thing in the car Went to my grandmother's house. Well, all my cousins pulled out their bikes. And so they're riding down the street, going to the candy lady house. Come on. Like going to get, not now and laters, but now and laters. You know what I mean? Like doing all that good stuff. And um, I couldn't ride. But I still wanted to participate. <laughs> so you know what I did? I got the handlebars of that bike, and I was working my foot. You would have thought I was on a skateboard. People, cousins laughing at me. Look at him, you know, just making fun of me. But one day, family, I woke up with determination that this will not happen no more, that this will not keep being my story. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. <laughs> and somehow, I don't even know how this happened, but the bike got over to my other aunt's house, and uh, I don't know how that happened, but I got up, and I said, I'm going to learn how to ride this bike. No helmet, no adult supervision, nobody around, none of that. And, y'all, 
I got the pedaling on that bike. I didn't fall. I was like Forrest Gump on that bike. I think I rode to Prattville. I'm not even lying to you. My cousin came outside. He was mad because he didn't have his bike. He was like, I want to ride. I was like, boy, no. Like, do you understand this moment is monumental. It was a gift family that, (laughs) for me, changed everything for a seven-year-old kid who was skateboarding on his bike while his cousins were riding theirs. (laughs) Now, that's a silly story, but the reality is, family, we have all been given a gift that has changed everything, right? Whether we know that or not, that gift, we understand. We can look at John 3.16 that says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, I love the whoever, doesn't matter your story, doesn't matter your past, doesn't matter where you're at right now, doesn't matter what you did last night. It says that whoever right now, today, in this moment, if you say yes, you accept him as your Lord and Savior, you are that part of that whoever that believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So what does that mean for us, family? That means the first gift that God gave us was eternal life. That God is a God that gives gifts, and we're going to talk about that today. And the first gift that he gave us was the gift of eternal life. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down this morning, the gift of eternal life. And to kind of help us illustrate that this morning, we got some gifts on the stage. We got the gift of eternal life. So just keep that in mind as we're uh, working through these different gifts. So the first gift that we've been given is the gift of eternal life. Now, Romans 6, 23, it says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, let's give some context to this. So it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And you're like, well, wait a minute. How do we even get to this spot? Like, I was just born in 19-whatever or 2000-whatever. What do you mean for the wages of sin is death? Like, I was just born. Understand this, family. Sin entered the world through Adam. And because of that, it caused death and separation from God. Remember, we talked about this. Like, God is so holy that he and sin cannot coexist. So, because Adam sinned, we all sinned. And it caused death and separation from God because of the cost of sin. There's a cost to sin. But because of the grace and mercy of God, he sent, he gave Jesus. And he was the one, Jesus was the only one that could pay the penalty or the price of sin for all of us once and for all. And he's made salvation available to anyone who will simply believe in his name. So we call that a gift. And I love how it says, but the free gift of God. Family, all you got to do is freely accept it. All you have to do is freely receive. It's not your effort. It's not anything you have to do. All you have to do is simply receive. And if you haven't received that gift this morning, uh, before we get out of here today, you're going to have the chance to do so. And here's the thing about it. The gift of eternal life, it stands completely on its own, right? Right? It stands on its own. It can't be earned before you receive it, and it can't be earned after you receive it. 
In other words, it's not based on anything you can do. There's not a system. There's not a structure in place that says you've passed the threshold now, receive eternal life. No, it is a free gift of God. This gift is not based on a performance system. You're not sitting down with a supervisor and getting rated, right? This is a free gift of God. It is simply the grace of God, nothing that we earn, nothing that we deserve, or or nothing that we can ever uh, say because of who we are or what we have done, then we deserve this. It is a free gift. In fact, Ephesians 2.8, it says this, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And we've kind of, this scripture keeps, keep, this verse keeps popping up. I think this may be the third week that we've seen it. But we've got to understand this, family, because so many, we think it's about what we do. We think about it's what we've done or, or, or what we could potentially do. But it says, for by Grace, you have been saved through faith, through faith in Jesus. And guess what? It is not your own doing. So he's like, yeah, read the word, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Yes, do that. Pray, yes, do that. Fast, yes, do that. Give, yes, do that. Serve, yes, do that. Like, show up early, stay late, meet new people, do all of that. But guess what? That is not the thing that gives you the gift of eternal life or what has made it available. It is no, it is grace. It is for by grace. Not your effort, not in what you can do, not in a performance system, none of that. It is simply God's grace. Are you tracking with me this morning? It is the grace of God. And what does it call it? It says it is a gift, unearned, God's unmerited favor, giving us what we do not deserve. And the second gift we receive this morning, so we have the gift of eternal life right here. And then here's the next gift that we receive. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And check out Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. It says this, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the what? Wait for the gift, my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So we see here, he says, going back to Acts 1, verse 4, he says, but wait for the gift. So he calls the Holy Spirit a gift. Wait for the gift my father promised. Then he goes on to, to, to give explanation of what that gift is. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to drop down to Acts 2, 38 through 39. It says, repent and be baptized. This is Peter talking. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. So that's the first gift we actually see right there the gift of eternal life. So in other words, he's saying receive salvation, receive the gift of eternal life through repentance and making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. So repent and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I love verse 39. This is important to note. It says, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. 
What am I trying to say, family? The Holy Spirit is a gift to be received, not a gift to be rejected. So we can't allow a lack of understanding to cause us to reject what God has made available. The gift that we can't earn, that we don't deserve, a gift that we need, a gift that produces the fruit in our lives that, that, that causes or allows a difference for us to live as difference makers and to make a difference in the culture around us. We need the Holy Spirit. That's who the Holy Spirit, that's what he does in our lives. So he's not a gift to be rejected simply because of a lack of understanding, but instead he is a gift to be received. So the Holy Spirit is not just a gift, but this third gift right here is the gifts received by the Holy Spirit. So we have the gift of eternal life, the gift of the Holy Spirit, excuse me, gifts given by uh, the Holy Spirit or gifts received from the Holy Spirit. Now, as we kind of start tracking about spiritual gifts, I do want to say this. We all have our own uh, perception or idea when it comes to spiritual gifts. And we all have, and some of that could be correct or incorrect or incomplete. But know this, misunderstanding of spiritual gifts is not new. So look what Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. He says, brothers and sisters, I don't want there to be any misunderstanding concerning spiritual gifts. Another translation, he's like, look, I don't want y'all to be ignorant. Because Paul understands the Holy Spirit is not a gift to be rejected, but a gift to be received. But this whole thing, spiritual gifts, the Greek translation of that is charismata. It's where you get charisma from. And it simply just means grace or unmerited favor or goodwill that is not deserved. So it's nothing that we deserve. It's nothing that we earn, but it is a gift. Now, with that being said, just because there's a misunderstanding or a misconception around something doesn't mean that we need to dismiss it. Well, I don't know what that means, so I'm just going to leave that over there, pretend that it doesn't exist. No, we've got to take the responsibility to gain an understanding of what has been given to us. Because it's been given to us, it's been made available for a reason. Not just so we can be like, yo, this is what I have and this is, and I can get this and I understand this and I can, no. It's so that we can impact the lives of those around us. Because the gift of eternal life, it changes our eternity while spiritual gifts change us right now. And so, yes, you're saved. You can take the gift of eternal life and just be good. And just ignore what else God has available. But family, that's not what God intended. He intended for us to make a difference. He intended for us to be empowered to point people to Jesus. So it's not just enough to like to just sit down on our blessed assurance. But no, but to receive what the Lord has made available by way of the Holy Spirit. And so because of a misconception, because of a misunderstanding, is not enough of a reason to say, I'm just going to slide that over to the corner or treat it like the casserole that the one, you know, family member, whoever brings to Thanksgiving. No, we said you didn't have to make nothing. You shouldn't have. 
I really mean she shouldn't have. <laughs> but the reason for this collection, who is this God, is to bring an understanding to the Holy Spirit. But listen, as we see here in Scripture, this just isn't a 2022 conversation. But obviously it took place in Paul's time. That's why he had to say what he said in 1 Corinthians 12.1. But even today, family, still, there are some who take a different approach toward, uh, toward spiritual gifts. And I don't believe it's a correct approach. I believe it's an incorrect approach. Some believe that the gifts ended when the last apostle died. And so this theology is called uh, cessationism, which is a doctrine that believes uh, spiritual gifts cease with the end of the apostolic age, meaning when the apostles uh, were out and about and doing all that they were doing. When the last apostle died, when John died, the apostolic age ended. And there are some who believe that the gifts stopped operating or stopped functioning when the last apostle died. But listen, family, the gifts of the Spirit are still active today. The promise of God still exists today. The promises that we see contained in Scripture, God did not say, well, you know what, Moses, Joshua, I'm going to promise to be with you, but I'm not going to be with them. No, 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 that's not how that works. They still go on today. In fact, look at Acts 2, uh, 39. We mentioned this just a moment ago. I, I said this is important to know. Why? It says the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, all whom the Lord our God will call. So what does that mean? It's for us right here in Huntsville, Madison, Athens, Harvest, Monrovia, Meridianville, wherever you live. It's for us today, right here in 2022, that the gifts, the promise of God is still for us today. The promise of God is still for this day, for this time, for this moment, for us to live and be positioned to make a difference. And I've come to realize that a lot of people don't necessarily have a problem with gifts, but rather with the branding of spiritual gifts. <laughs> you know, and starting this church, it was a question that we got asked a lot. Katie and I would have coffee with somebody. So, you know, are you like a seeker-friendly church or, you know, you're like a spirit-filled church? <laughs> I'm like, Both? I don't think nobody wants to go to a church and say, come on, welcome, get in here. Like, I mean, hi, good morning, so good to see you. I mean, if that's what secret friendly means, like, yeah, kind of makes sense. Spirit feel, yes. But what's your definition was my follow-up question. Because some will say, if you ain't hanging from the chandelier, got the snakes in your hand, you ain't spirit feel. <laughs> but that's the branding right there, right? People hear spirit feel. Oh, they're the Holy Spirit Church, they, gonna, they got snakes up there this Sunday? And so there's a branding issue, right? Because who would oppose a miracle? Who would oppose a loved one being healed? Who would dismiss faith? These are spiritual gifts I'm listing, right? It's the branding of spiritual gifts that's the issue, right? We all seen, and you can look at this, <laughs> yeah, YouTube clips of, you know, places that got the snakes. Yeah, I saw a video. This guy out there handling snakes. The snakes bit him, y'all. And I was like, well, I guess he wants healing to take place now. <laughs> I don't even know if I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> but
But it could be when you hear spiritual gifts that your mind automatically goes there. But the one that I know that causes a lot of conversation is the gift of speaking in tongues. Like, hold on. So someone's going to hijack my body. what's, What's going on? But can I tell you this? Don't avoid a gift that God has given. Because remember, a gift can't be earned. A gift isn't deserved. A gift is free. And I'll just be clear to everyone in here. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in every single one of them. And I believe that they are active today. And you may say, well, if you get believe in speaking in tongues, which I do, and I do, then how come we don't see it on Sunday morning here at the Becoming Church? Well, drop down to 1 Corinthians 14. And it gives the correct order and the correct usage of way that gift should be enacted. <laughs> because if I'm standing over here or you over whatever on the front row or something, and somebody who is new, not even to the faith, they just exploring all this thing, like this whole God thing. And you up here, E-D-D-I-E, I just spelled Eddie. <laughs> Should have bought a Honda. They're going to be looking like, yo, get the keys, get the kids, and let's get up out of here. Right? So it's understanding, having the correct theology around these things. So it's not something that should be dismissed, but oftentimes it's understanding that the gift is not about you. And then sometimes there's a use of it that's like, look at me, look what I'm doing. That's like, baby, that's not even what the gift was ever intended for. Right? So there's an understanding That's why we have to get wisdom. We have to get understanding Proverbs tells us about. So we shouldn't dismiss the gifts. In fact, we often focus on what Paul lists in 1 Corinthians 12, but there are over 27 gifts and probably even more than that that Scripture mentions. And they can be placed in these three categories right here. Motivational gifts. So you can write this down, take a picture of it, and check it out later. But motivational gifts, Romans 12, 6 through 8. Ministry gifts, and what we, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 27, 31, so on and so forth. You see it here in, in manifestation uh, gifts. So there are over 27 spiritual gifts, but it's typically that one, you know, speaking in tongues, mostly that trips most people up and they say, well, now nah, that's weird. I don't understand it and I'm good. But with that idea, here's what we got to understand. I just alluded to it earlier. We have to understand it's important to note that spiritual gifts are not about us. They're not about you. Because honestly, who likes the person who walks around touting their gifts, touting the gifts that they have? Look at me. Look how holy I am. I'll I'll speak in tongues all day over you in this place. I pray for people and they, they get healed right away. First of all, yeah, let me just keep moving. But nobody likes that. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it tells us a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? So we can help each other. So the gift is not about you, family, but it's about the people around us. So here are questions to ask. How with what you have been given are you empowering others? How are you empowering the people around you? And know this, your gift is attached to an assignment. So if God has given you that gift, 
There's an assignment that comes along with it. Maybe that's your workplace. Stop complaining about the thing and understanding the difference you're supposed to make in that place. But because you're complaining about it, you can't see the difference that is being that you have the chance to make because of what God has given you in that place because it's your assignment. Or maybe the family that you're connected to. Lord is like, hey, I know. Believe me, I know. But there is a reason why you do need to attend the next get-together. Why you do not need to be unbusy right now. Why you do not need to be like I'm playing golf on the moon. You need to be available because it's your assignment. i got to hurry up. In the Old Testament, the gift of God was only on priests. But on the day of Pentecost that we see in the beginning of, of the book of Acts, in the New Testament, the Spirit of God was poured out on all. So it wasn't just about what was on the priests, but it was including all those around, including people who were not Jewish. The power of God was on everyone. And after now, so the, so the day of Pentecost came, the Holy Spirit fell on them. Jesus like, yo, go wait, be in the upper room, all that good stuff. Holy Spirit came. We know that day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. So the power of God was available and on everyone. Now, the church was birthed out of that movement, out of that moment. So the early church, so after the formation of all things and all the things that the apostles did and established church and all that stuff, after that, the church changed. Things began to change. The church began to hire what we may be familiar with, this like clergy, if you ever heard that. And the clergy would be the, 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 the man of God, the person of God, and the one responsible for operating in spiritual gifts. And everyone else would just be called layman. So you just, you chill, <laughs> like, like you, just, you just be here. And the clergy will operate in the spiritual gifts. But then something happened in Europe during the 1500s called the Protestant Reformation, where a discovery of this biblical truth called the priesthood of all believers, which states this, that all believers in Christ share in his priestly status. Therefore, there is no special class of people who mediate the knowledge, presence, and forgiveness of Christ to the rest of all believers. And all believers, God, would you? <laughs> all believers have the right and the authority to read, interpret, and apply the teachings of Scripture. So in other words, this isn't just for those who were in a special position but rather the power of God can rest on everyone. And I get it. People are like, call the pastor, let him pray. And I get it, and I understand, but understand the spirit of God dwells in you. That the same power that raised Christ from the dead, that it lives and dwells inside of you. Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And so you don't have to wait for this one or that one to come pray, but you can boldly, through the name of Jesus, begin to pray and believe because of the God who is on the inside of you. Now, I get it and I understand it, but that doesn't mean that that is how it has to be. Like, no, the power of God fell on all. It wasn't just for those in a special position. 
But no, it, it was available to everyone that there's not these different classes of Christians. And I get that, especially when I'm at the barbershop. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, man, chill, man, pass over there. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I didn't hurt. Like, this happened recently. Like, I was in the chair, and somebody came over to the cut, and they was like, yeah, because, you know, church, they be tripping and all that other stuff. And the one, Well, the one I grew up in specifically, <laughs> down in Birmingham, like, this was a real conversation. I was like, come on. So it, it's like, no, chill. But the idea that something is special about my prayers or that I have something that no one else has is just not true. Like, I'm not special from you, I'm, I'm one of you, that we all have gifts in us and, and they can be used to make a difference. And so I want to say this about this church. The Becoming Church isn't built on the talent of a few, but by the sacrifices of many. It's by men and women and children who use their gifts to make this community what it is. It's not just the, the, the talent of a few. It's not about me. It's not about Katie or, or whoever, but it is about the sacrifices of many, the gifts of many, the calling of many that makes the becoming church what it is and what is being built into brick by brick. And so I want to jump really quickly to understanding our spiritual gifts. And maybe at some point we'll better come back to this conversation, but I want to get you these things today for sure. So you can write this down. Here's the first thing we need to do in terms of our spiritual gifts. We need to discover our gifts. You know, oftentimes your spiritual gifts have to be discovered. That it's not about just what comes naturally. <laughs> Sin comes naturally. I, Katie and I didn't teach either one of our kids to say no. They just, so that's what comes naturally. So it's not about what comes naturally. Like me speaking publicly up here on Sundays, family, this does not come naturally. And if you're ever with me outside of this, you'll see me like, please looking for the corner so I can just go be. <laughs> like I would never anticipated that this is what I would be doing with my life. This does not come naturally. But it was something that had to be discovered. And spiritual gifts have more to do than just with your talent or just with ability because, remember, a gift is something that you earn. That is, excuse me, a gift is something that is not earned, meaning you can't work for it. But sometimes there are moments where you're going to have to discover it. Look at Romans 12, 6. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy accordance with your faith. So you don't have to just, man, I wish I had that gift. I wish I had that gift. Like, no, use the gift that you have. We all have different gifts. And according to the grace that's been given to you, according to the grace that you can handle that gift, like, use your gift. Do not dismiss your gifts while desiring the gifts of others. And it's okay to even desire it. Like, I think there, there's a verse where Paul says, look, I speak in tongues more than you. And he wasn't trying to throw shade on anybody. He was just trying to get them to understand, like, been there, done that. But, they, but you can call, you can, there's another level, another place to go in the Lord. But through desiring or seeing what others have and being moved forward and progressing forward in your walk with the Lord, don't dismiss what you have at the same time. Are you tracking with me? So when you, dis because here's why. When you dismiss the gifts that you've been given, you miss out on reaching the people that you've been called to reach. 
So maybe as you continue to grow and continue to track and your walk with the Lord, he will grace you for other things. But if you dismiss what you have today, you would never be able to walk in whatever he may have for you tomorrow because you're not even using what's in your hands today. And so listen, if it's two fish and five loaves that he puts in your hand, use that. If it's a staff that he puts in your hand, use that. So it's not about looking for more, but it's about using what you have so that you can reach the people that you've been called to reach. Because know this, we all have gifts and we need to use them collectively for the bigger mission, which is advancing the cause of Christ. And what happens, family, so many of us, we pay attention to others at the expense of ourselves. Man, I wish I had what they had. Man, I wish I could do what they do. Man, I wish God used me that way. But when you do that, you dismiss who God created you to be. Psalms 139, it says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. That's detail. He created you with detail, family. He purposed you. He fashioned you. Don't you know you are one of one? So you can't compare to anybody else because you are one of one. You stand alone. He says, David says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Family, you were designed with a purpose. So don't dismiss how you have been created because of what someone else has and how someone else operates. Because your God-given design will reveal your God-given destiny. But if you dismiss that design, you can never step into your, de- your destiny. And Micah, if you come, help me land this plane. Here's the next thing we've got to understand. Develop your gifts. So I once had this teammate that was like, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work. And I was like, yeah, but I got talent, I work, so you ain't beating me. Sorry, that's the competitiveness coming out. But his, his point was good. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work, meaning it's not enough to be gifted, but we must develop the gift. And sometimes, family, we get relaxed. Sometimes we get idle that it's easy to sit on what God has given us. But I want to encourage all of us this morning that it's time to get off the sidelines, that it's time to check in the game. And and maybe you haven't really gotten back in since the pandemic. Bedside Baptist became really easy for you to connect to. But God is saying it's time to check out of Bedside Baptist and it's time to get connected. It's time to serve. It's time to get involved. It's time to be positioned to make a difference. You want this church to be something? You're like, yo, I wish we had this. I wish we had that. Guess what? You carry this. You carry that. But we've got to get off of the sidelines. We've got to check in to the game and say, Lord, here I am. I'm just a vessel. Use me. I make myself available to you. If you're like, yo, they didn't smile enough for me when they came in. When when I came in this morning, they weren't smiling. That means, hey, join the hospitality team because you got the gift of hospitality and show us how to greet. You said they didn't sing right. They didn't hit that note. Come on, get on the worship team and help lead us into the presence of God as we become worshipers, right? You have something that the Lord has placed in you. 
you got to dismiss the lie that you don't have anything to offer. You do, family, and what you have, we need it. That's what I love about the early church. They came together. There was, there was no backbiting. There was no this, that, and the other. They came together and were, was unified. And that's what made the difference. That's what set things on fire. That's why we are here today, that in the face of opposition and persecution from Rome, the church grew because they said we don't have time for this, that, and the other. What you have, bring it to the table. That's why there's a story in, in, in uh, Acts where, I forget the names, this husband and wife couple, Ananias and somebody, I think. Thank you. They lied. They sold their land, and they lied about the proceeds and what they have given. But they didn't even have to lie. Peter's like, why you lie? Right? And because of that, like, man, they were out of here. They were taken out. But my point was everybody was together and was like, yo, sell this, sell that. Let's come together. Yet let's unite into the cause of Christ and what he's called all of us to do. That's why Paul told, second, uh, excuse me, told Timothy this in 2 Timothy 1.6. He says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. Family, don't quit on the dream. Don't quit on that passion that God has placed inside of you because it is more than you. There's somebody at the other end of your yes. They need you to say yes right now. They are praying for somebody with their gift to use their gift because it's going to impact their life. Maybe that's you this morning. It's, it's cool to receive the gift of eternal life, obviously. But, man, there are, there's the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives also that we can make a difference. Don't stop. Keep on growing. Keep on developing. And here's the last thing this morning. Use your gift. Kind of already been there. Don't wait for someday I will. We can't be someday Christians because someday would never come. You know how I know? Someday I'm going to eat right. I know Monday. I know Tuesday. I know Wednesday. But I ain't gotten to someday yet. It doesn't come, family. You got to do it now, today. Now is the moment. Now is the time. Now is what we have. Look at what Peter says. He says this, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You have a gift. You have something to offer family. It's a reason why you're around the people you're around. It's It's a reason why you're in the family that you're in. You're there to serve them. You're there to make a difference. You're there to help them see that there is another way of living, a way that they didn't think was even possible. And all that God requires is that we're faithful with it. All that he requires is that we point to others. And I get it. You're like, man, there's a risk, and I don't understand it. And I'll say this, and I'll sit down. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. Again, there's over 27 gifts. But you have to remember, you got to ignore yourself and ignore your feelings and ignore your, I'm afraid of this. And just trust God. He's not steering you in the wrong direction. He's not offering something that's bad for you. It's the reason why he would say greater works than these you will do, Right? But I remember years, a few years ago, my wife um, had a coworker, and um, she was on a list uh, to receive a transplant. 
And she was older. And uh, you know how it is with those lists. And as you can as you haven't come up or it's a match or something, doesn't work. And I remember I was praying one day. And I felt like the Lord was like, yo, call Katie and tell her to make sure she tells her coworker that she's getting a call from Vandy. I was like, God, this ain't about, I feel like someone's got a headache in here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, probably. <laughs> this is, you got to, this is a lot. But there was something that's like, you need to let her know. And sure enough, I remember Katie did this, told a coworker, and I can't remember the exact time frame, but family, she got that call. There was nothing that I knew. There was nothing like, I didn't like light the candles. I didn't, I was just praying. I wasn't even praying about it. I didn't know what I was praying about. But that word of wisdom, of knowing something that I didn't know, which is a spiritual gift, the Lord, the Holy Spirit allowed me to operate in that, in that moment. But that wasn't about me. That was stirring the faith of someone else. To know that God saw her. To be reminded that God hears her. To be reminded like, yo, your prayers are not empty. Your tears are not empty. That I see you and I know you. And so here's the thing that I want us to get. Don't allow a misunderstanding to cause you to miss what God wants to give you. 